Welcome back to the Popcast Cafe podcast. I'm Kavya. Um, I'm so excited to have you all here for episode five. Very exciting. We're five episodes in. Um, yeah, I hope you all are having a good day or had a good day, depending on whenever in your day you're listening to this. Um, I'm really excited for this episode. Hopefully, this is the last time I'm recording this intro. This is my like, I've done this six, seven times now, like, getting a good 10, 15 minutes in and having to restart because first my mom called me and then my dog was, you know, making noises and stuff. But we're all good now. I think that we finally are going to be able to get through it this time. I have faith. So if you're listening to this version, I made it through and I'm very happy. <laughs> all right. So something I want to quickly talk about before I get into the um, today's topic is an announcement, which I'm very excited for. So this is something to look forward to. It's not immediate. I don't have a set date on this at all. It's just something that I'm working on. And that's the fact that I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel soon, which I am so, so thrilled for. I know that kind of sounds like a lot for some people to have... Uh, both a podcast and a YouTube channel simultaneously. That's something I've wanted to do for a really, really long time. And that was honestly the best way that I could think of to split up my content. And I'm going to kind of explain why. So my YouTube channel is going to be commentary. It's going to be commentary style. My podcast is obviously commentary style because podcasts are usually commentary. Um, Commentary YouTube videos, they're my favorite genre of YouTube videos. I definitely grew up a lifestyle girl just as I assume many, many people did. Um, Obviously that was a big part of like early 2010s and stuff when I was like a tween or whatever. Um, I was really into that, but now I'm definitely very, very into commentary YouTube. So if you watch that kind of content, you kind of have an idea of how this is going to be set up. So on my podcast, you may have kind of picked up on the pattern. Every week I do a review. I talk about what's brand new, what is airing, what just finished airing in the world of movies and TV. I'll also be doing similar things with music. That's something to look forward to. It's just that none of my favorite artists have released an album in the last month. So When they do, I will definitely be reviewing that, but my thing is basically majorly focused on um, current things in the pop culture world. I want to have a dead week. I'll probably be talking about other aspects of pop culture that are just kind of current, I guess, or in lifestyle. So it's basically lots and lots of new stuff, which is fine. And of course, I'm still going to be talking about older stuff on here because that's my major area of interest. I love old movies, old TV shows, um, older artists. Like, I love that kind of stuff. So I want to be able to talk about those kinds of things. Or um, celebrities from the 2000s. I love talking about those things or um, networks and stuff like that. So that's going to be, I guess, I I am going to be able to talk about some of those things on the podcast. Um, But on my YouTube channel, I hope to have my content be a little bit different. So that's going to be more of a um, analysis and a deep dive into media. So it's going to be very different. My podcast, like I said, is more review style. And then there it's going to be just more analysis style. I guess, like I said, 
if you watch other, um, I guess, um, YouTube commentary videos, then you'll know what I'm talking about and how that is structured. So that's still something I need to plan. That's how I kind of see, um, the content getting split up. That's the way I think of it. Um, because it's the best way for me because honestly, every week there's something new going on. I mean, I didn't even expect to have my content content lined up for the first five weeks like this easily. I thought I was going to have to like dig around at this point, but I haven't yet. It's just been handed to me like, this is new. This is new. People are talking about it. People are talking about it. So it's kind of just lined up pretty perfectly. So I, it's going to kind of go like that for a while. So I was like, when am I going to be able to talk about other things? So I guess that's where the YouTube channel comes in. So that's something I'll continue to update you guys on as I get further and further into it. Um, I'm working on it. I'm very excited. Um, and you guys will be aware when that happens, when I have that up and running. And I'm super excited. So that's something to look forward to. So now we can get into it. Um, but go ahead, push that follow button, hit the notification bell. You get notified every time I post. Um, I post every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is obviously my time. I also have a water bottle with me this time, so my throat doesn't just die because I sit here and just talk and I'm so passionate and then my throat is literally freaking dead by the end of each episode like completely gone so now I have water with me so this should be a lot better we hope all right finally now that we got all of that stuff I wanted to talk about out of the way let's get into to today's episode. So as you all can tell by the title of it, we are going to be talking about Netflix's new addition to the Why Do We Need This movie s- s- like collection, He's All That. So uh, as you guys may notice, the little uh, bit I put in front of He's All That, I called it TikTokers Need to Stop Part 1. So this is actually super exciting because this is my first series on the podcast. I hope to have several series like this. Um, I feel like it's pretty common on YouTube to have series like this, but I'm doing one on here, so this is my first one, and it's the TikTokers Need to Stop series, and this is part one, so I'm going to talk a lot about Addison Rae, because obviously Addison Rae is the star of He's All That. With my TikTokers Need to Stop series, um, I was originally going to call it Influencers Need to Stop, but then I kind of changed my mind on that because I feel like influencers is still too broad um and influencers does is like a lot of people there's a lot of other influencers are out there who are just like in a very very different field like you wouldn't even really associate them with tiktokers and the people we really I guess mock and laugh at you know it's kind of two very different groups of people so I thought tiktokers was the better route to go with, um, with this title. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's my first series, I'm pretty excited about it, so let's start discussing, um, he's all that. So this is actually really funny, this is literally, we are five weeks into the podcast, and this is the second trashy Netflix rom-com that I'm reviewing. Obviously, two weeks ago, we uh, talked about The Kissing Booth 3, because that came, thank God that movie series is over, but just as we are recovering from that, um, we might have the next plague to worry about, and that's He's All That, which is tragic. Like, this is not at all what I wanted. 
Um, also to put it out there, yes, I was a fan of the original. I do like the original a lot. Obviously, there's a lot of critiques um, from 2021 standards just by looking at it, but I feel like that's most chick flicks and rom-coms from that time. Um, so I am a fan of it, so <laughs> I have even more critiques about He's All That. Um, and things they should have done better to at least try to improve from where they were in the 90s when She's All That came out. So um, let's quickly talk about Addison Ray and these other TikTok stars. Um, okay. Um, for me, I know a lot of people have issues with... Um, I guess the main ones being Charlie, Addison, Dixie. I feel like they're the ones kind of really going into these bigger things. I mean, I guess a lot of people, if you think about it, are kind of going into the music aspect and trying to dip their toes in there, like Nessa and Chase and whatever, whatever, all of these people that I don't really care about. Um, you know, they're all trying these different things, and a lot of people take issue with it. So with me, I'm kind of a little bit split on the situation. From one angle, I don't like it at all because I agree with what most people say. You know, this isn't really their field. They're, you know, going into everything. They get these opportunities handed to them and people who have worked their asses off for years aren't able to get some of these opportunities that these people who don't really necessarily have a talent in that field are just able to snap their fingers and get millions of views and millions of followers and etc. etc. And then from their point of view, I try to think about it and be like, if you're given the opportunity of a lifetime and you have a platform with that many followers, like, wouldn't you try to go into something? I guess where the main issue strikes is they need to do a better job of finding what they're actually good at and then maybe trying to go in there. And then maybe people would be fine with it. I feel like most people are okay with, for example, um, Nessa making music because uh, they think she's good at it. So maybe that's just what these people need to do because Addison going into acting, definitely not the move in any world, which I'm going to talk about her acting in just a minute. But these people, I guess they just need to do a better job of finding what it is they want to go into because this mismatched just getting whatever because of who you are is just not working out. I mean, I understand they're trying to attract a certain fan base and platforms, especially like Netflix, think they're doing something by having one of these influencers come on to their projects. But in reality, it's just, it usually is lacking. So now let's shift away from talking specifically about TikTokers um, with the original movie. I mentioned, obviously, I am a fan of it. I did really like it. Um, I haven't rewatched it in a while. I'm actually thinking about rewatching it soon um, because I want my sister to watch the original because we watched this remake together and I was like, okay, and now you have to see the original because it's 10 times better. Obviously, like I said, when looking back at the original, there's a lot of flaws with certain aspects of it. And I guess I knew it wasn't going to happen, but when you're remaking something as iconic and central to the culture at the time, the only thing you can hope to do is not necessarily make it, you know, the same movie or anything like that. You can try to take some of those issues that 
the older movie didn't touch on or um, issues that it kind of missed and try to make that your way of getting into modern touch, which obviously He's All That did not do. The only She's All That remake parody whatever that I will accept is um, Not Another Teen Movie. And if you've watched Not Another Teen Movie, you know it's literally a parody of She's All That. I mean, they completely make fun of the plot, which is, in its own way, it's unique. It's something, it's a fresh take. And He's All That is not a fresh take, which is a major, major um, negative point when talking about this movie. So the plot. um, I mean, it's essentially the same plot, but gender-swapped. You know, Addison Rae plays, you know, Paget, and uh, she's the popular girl, and she um, gets, you know, when she, she gets into this embarrassing situation, and she is now coined as bubble girl to the rest of the school, which is really embarrassing. So her friends make a bet with her and they're like, okay, if you can take some lame loser guy, um, give him a makeover, turn him into prom king. So you you guys know this plot. It's the bet, the classic bet. It's a very, very overused plot at this point. Um, When you come down to the fact of these certain plots that are executed several different times, there has to be something that holds your version to, you know, kind of something that makes it its own. My favorite bet movie is definitely 10 Things I Hate About You. It's definitely one of my favorite rom-coms for sure. Um, Obviously, She's All That is also a very iconic bet film. But, uh, you know, this is a very, very overused plot, but there's nothing that takes where you look at he's all that and you're like, okay, this is something that made this movie very unique. If you're using a plot or a trope or something that's very, very overused, you need something to set yourself apart. So, oh, and also just the bubble girl thing in general, actually, for whatever reason was so weird to me, something about it was very off-putting and I did not like it whatsoever. Um, maybe I was just a bit confused, but why were there even bubbles coming out of her nose? I don't remember. Wasn't she just, like, holding cookies and yelling, or was she drinking something? I don't even remember. This movie was very unmemorable, as you can tell. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about the main, main issue that pretty much everybody had with this movie, and that was the acting. So obviously, Addison Rae coming onto this project, you knew that... Obviously, she doesn't have any experience acting whatsoever, Um, but you were hoping that there could be, there was a small glimmer of hope that it wouldn't be that bad, but the acting was, on her part, was pretty, pretty bad. So, I think what made it even worse is the fact that Addison is literally playing herself in the terms of, she's just playing this influencer There's not a lot of depth to the character. I feel like the material she was given was not that hard to work with. Um, You know, just stand there, say your lines, but there was absolutely no emotion behind those eyes. Her facial expressions, her delivery of lines, none of it was giving. It didn't feel like she was really there or really contributing anything to the, anything, like anything to the movie at all. She was just there. Um, it feel like it felt like everybody around her was trying to pick up um, slack, but 
Paget is the main character of this movie, so you know, you can only really rely on her to do that. In terms of everybody else's acting, I've seen several of these people in other things, like Tanner, Madison, Peyton, Rachel, obviously, uh, Matthew. Like, I've seen several of these cast members in other things. I know that they all can, well, some more than others, can act to a certain extent, but there's only so much you can do. With her specifically, that's where the acting question really comes into concern, and it really makes me think, like, if this movie could have been slightly better just if somebody else was playing Paget, just from an acting standpoint, um, maybe some things would have fallen more into place. So the characters as a whole, I think one of the biggest problems with character-wise, okay, so our main character is Paget. You need to feel something for Paget. The main problem with her character is that it felt like there was absolutely no depth to her character, right? She was given, you know, like this very, like her role was not too hard, I feel like, to execute, um, but it just, it was not giving whatsoever, um, Paget of the character was not given a lot of depth to begin with. She was given literally no emotional arc, and there was no relatability factor. Those things um, taken into play, there was no part of me that ever felt bad for Paget <clears throat> or even wanted to like Paget. There was just nothing there for me to connect with. And my main characters in rom-coms and chick flicks, I want to like you. Like, Cher from Clueless, my favorite chick flick girl. Like, that's what I want. I want something that's charismatic and charming about your character. But there's absolutely nothing there that was giving at all. There was no depth to the character. And that's where I kind of circle back and once again say, maybe if somebody else played her, it would come off a little bit differently. Paget the character, was simply poorly written and poorly executed because Addison, I feel like, wasn't able to carry out that role. It made the character very unlikable because I wasn't really rooting for her. I simply didn't really care what happened to her. As for the other characters, like I mentioned, I mean, even with um, Cameron, who I guess was the second lead, there's only so much they can do with the material they're given. Obviously, I know that Tanner Buchanan is a good actor because I've seen him in Cobra Kai and stuff, but with the material and the lines, the cringy lines he was given, there's only so much acting you can do. A good example of this that I like to use is Joey King going back into the kissing booth, where when people are always, I guess, on her case about being a terrible actress and they're like oh my god she's so bad at acting and they only look at her performance in the kissing booth but when you look at her for example in the act she has a very very good range but you can only do so much with the material you're given and even with that with the other characters and the other actors you could see a glimpse of talent and you could see that there was something there there was emotion behind their eyes and it felt like the lines they were saying they really meant it but that was not at all how it was coming across here. One scene in particular, the scene where, um, I guess, uh, Paget finds out that Alden, her friend, is actually trying to, I guess, become like the new her or the new it girl or whatever. When Paget is upset and she's, I guess, not going off on her, but talking back to her, it 
I literally laughed out loud because it felt like she was literally standing there and her eyes were just blank. There was no facial expression whatsoever. And it looked like she was talking to a brick wall. It felt very, very unnatural. There was nothing about the scene that seemed to progress on its own. And that was a huge, huge, huge lacking point. Another one. So one of the most iconic scenes from the original movie, I'm sure as you all know, is obviously the I was a fucking bet scene. I mean, you all know it. If you've seen the original, you know it. But even when they tried to recreate that scene, literally word for word, in the remake, it fell short. Um, Addison's acting on her side, it just ruined the whole chemistry of all the other characters on the screen and that's the scene you want to be executed the best because that's the most iconic scene like come on there's why are we not like this is the one I wanted to have the best scene like it's just very 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 upsetting (laughs) for me and as a fan of the original um show or the original movie so then um, other things, other people in the uh, movie. So we had, oh God, let's quickly discuss um, Jordan. So I think one of the cringiest parts of this movie, as you all probably know, is literally Jordan's uh, first scene in the movie. And that's the scene where I guess he's like getting filmed and he's dancing to his La 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 song. And for whatever reason, that scene was just so awkward to just watch it was very, very cringy, um, and I just did not like it at all. And that was cringe moment one of many, many to come as the rest of the movie continued. The best part about this movie was Addison or Paget falling off the horse into horseshit. That was the best part of the movie. The other best part of the movie was obviously I mean, this was actually a stellar moment, like 10 out of 10, best thing they could have done. And that's Rachel Lee Cook playing Paget's mom. I thought it was the best, best, best way to tie in the original with the remake. And it made me so happy when I saw her and it clicked in my brain that that was her because I... I mean, I don't even think I watched the trailer for this movie. I just knew it was coming out. I saw bits and pieces of it um, on Twitter on my timeline. But when I put it together, that was her. Like, I was so, so excited. But as much as I, you know, was excited to see her, because that was very iconic, um, even that could not save the movie for me. Um, other good things about this movie. I'm trying to think. I mean, Courtney Kardashian being everywhere kind of made me giggle. I think she, I'm not 100% sure on this, so don't quote me. But I'm pretty sure she was involved in some production aspect of this movie. But I'm not sure. There was also, ugh, back to this influencer thing, there was also a Bryce Hall jump scare, and for whatever reason, that was not necessary. Did we need Bryce Hall on our screens at this point? Like, no. Um, I actually watched the movie, like, at, in the, like, the night it came out, so, I I mean, it came out in the morning, so I never watched, I didn't watch it immediately, I watched it that night, so I already kind of saw on TikTok a lot of people were talking about how he was in the movie, so I knew he was going to be there, but it just, it was still a jump scare when I saw it. So, uh, so yeah, okay, so we talked briefly about the characters. Another issue, the ship. So our main ship, Paget and Cameron. So, 
popular girl geeky or nerdy or lame boy isn't typically my favorite trope to be completely honest with you um I do usually unless it's a movie in movies I kind of like that trope um but in most cases I typically like it the other way around my favorite popular girl ex lame geeky nerdy boy is Seth and Summer from the OC definitely um they're definitely my favorite ship in that trope so from that angle it was like um but like I said I kind of like that trope in movies so I had a semi-open mind but the chemistry was not giving there was absolutely no spark between them I don't even want to keep touching on Addison's acting again and again but a part of that is because she was not giving on her side she was not trying actively to add to that chemistry from Tanner's side he he tried but like how much can you do like there's only so much you can do with that I felt absolutely nothing um for them as a ship so I didn't really care about their will they won't they I mean we all knew that they would but I just did not care whatsoever um obviously he did the best with the material he was given and that's all you can say, and try to move. Um, But like I mentioned before, with everyone doing the best that they can, it's really up to Addison and Paget. And I think that's where I kind of get one of my analysis points from a very backed up view. And that's just that in these kinds of films and stuff, so if it's Paget slash Addison's job to hold the acting stuff, um, you know, and keep the movie together and to be the central point of what's going to make the movie good or not good, maybe that's when we need to step back. If Addison had to, had to, had to be in this movie, did she really need to play Paget, or could she have not just played some other character? Because her plastered smile that was just on her face the entire time from beginning to end also just felt like she had no character development whatsoever. I mean, it didn't really feel like she needed to have that much character development to begin with. But then at the end, it was just like, it felt like nothing changed. It felt like she had the same face on her the entire time. There was no, like, you know, in the movies when they kind of have that dropped expression and their face just becomes, like, I guess, um, more soft and anything like that like none of that happened it was just missing um all of those things which is that's what you need in a teen rom-com I was kind of going through in my head as I was watching the movie the essential points into making a good teen rom-com and almost every single aspect that I could come up with to make a successful chick flick was lost every aspect was lost in this movie I mean Even the wardrobe didn't hit, and that's a major point. I feel like in every single one of these movies, even if your movie sucks, wardrobe is something that can at least be a positive point, but the wardrobe did not hit whatsoever, which is so frustrating because I just want to at least like the wardrobe, but it was not giving, and there was nothing unique or special about it. The other component I thought of is the epic line, the most memorable moment of the rom-com when one of the characters says something to one of the others and that's always a major major moment in the movie it's one of the most important moments in the movie 
I don't even know if there was like the big epic line either that Paget said to Cameron or Cameron said to Paget. I can't even remember. So even if there was one, it was very unmemorable, which when you're watching these kinds of movies, you need that line to be the most memorable part of the movie. It's it's almost fully essential. It's necessary for it to happen. The next point I had listed here as an essential component to a rom-com is the full circle moment. It's probably the most essential point to the rom-com chick flick genre. Um, And it's the moment when the main character realizes what needs to change in their life. So I guess for Paget, that was supposed to be her prom queen moment little speech, but that was extremely, very, very much so poorly executed. When she was giving her speech, it didn't really feel genuine at all. It felt like she was just talking and it was just recycled lines from other movies, which is obviously not at all what anybody signed up for to be watching. The full circle moment is important, the most important in my opinion, and if you lose that, you lose the movie. Also something else that I slightly mentioned at the beginning is just the fact that this movie was cringy as hell. It was extremely cringy. The karaoke and dance-off scenes were absolutely tragic, completely tragic. Like, I understand the goal they were trying to achieve in having this little karaoke moment, but nobody in your audience had a Camp Rock, she's really good moment when Addison sang Teenage Dream. All I could think, uh, like, in the moment was why. Like, when Addison Rae dropped her song, Obsessed, I heard it everywhere when it came out, like, it was all over my TikTok page, people were laughing at it. And then ever since then, I didn't particularly want to ever hear her sing again. And that's not because I'm saying she's the worst singer in the world or anything like that. Like, I mean, she's heavily auto-tuned, but there's definitely worse. Um, But it's just cringy. The moment was cringe because, you know, just watching her stand there and then do tick, like, kind of TikTok moves while she was singing Teenage Dream... Like, you couldn't have gone any worse from there. And also, the little dance sequence felt very out of place. And I know dance sequences and those flash mobs are kind of a very um, set moment that kind of happened in a lot of these movies. Um, And usually it's random. Of course it's random. In what world is a flash mob, unless it's a musical, not random. But this felt out of place. And that's never good. Like, you never want it to feel out of place like that. Like I mentioned before, I feel like since this is an older film, there are so many ways they could have adapted it for a new audience and pick up on a lot of the issues that the original one either had or didn't address. There's so many ways that they could have made this modern and more successful. But instead, they just made a shallow story about an influencer, which we most definitely didn't need. Like, I feel like today's media reverts to social media and influencers and thinks that their audience is going to find that relatable, which we don't. There are so many ways that we can take advantage of what we know today 
and make better entertainment and better quality work. Like, She's All That wasn't necessarily a masterpiece or anything, but it's a staple of that time period and the year that it came out. I mean, it had an up-and-coming cast. It was easy to watch. The rewatchability factor is high. I mean, I can watch that movie again and again and not get tired of it. It was very successful when it came out, but I can't see He's All That having even half or a fourth of the impact um, that She's All That had on its culture and being remembered and watched for years after. I just don't see it at all. I mean, even the Kiss Me, like the song, the iconic song that they obviously played in the original, they had to play the remixed version in the remake. Like, are you kidding me? That could have been another point for you guys. It could have been Rachel Lee Cook in your movie, Addison falling into horse shit, and Kiss Me. Like, that could have been three good things about your movie, but you didn't let us even have that? Like, are, what? Um, I mean, I guess the scene where Tanner and Peyton, like, fought each other was kind of good, but that was just more because it was funny. Like, the movie was obviously a cringe fest through and through, but that bit was kind of funny just because, obviously, they played these two guys fighting over a girl in Girl Meets World. So if you watched that, it was just kind of, like, when you were younger, it was just kind of funny to see that they were also doing the exact same thing right now but you know it was it was there and I guess okay so four points four points for the movie four positive things we don't even need like I don't even think that we can count how many negative things I said about this movie already um but yeah like did we need a gender swapped she's all that remake no we most definitely didn't especially if the only quote-unquote modern thing about this movie is social media. Like I said, today's media thinks they can just slap social media onto anything and bam, it's modern, it's relatable, we love it, when it's far from it. I think the biggest charm factor in older television is just that a lot of the characters seem to be a lot more down-to-earth. There was not a single character except maybe Cameron that was remotely likable in this movie because they were all very, very shallow. And I love a good shallow character, but they need those down-to-earth moments, and I feel like this movie didn't have those. And that is also a very, very important factor when you're making this style of film. It just wasn't there. It lacked the charm and spark of the original. Rom-coms and chick flicks in 2021 need a fresh take and something new. Like, obviously, the old is good for what it is. Like, it's very successful even today. It's very well-known, um, very quotable. But instead, you're just giving us a cringy grasp of trying to remake something iconic. And usually, remakes of iconic things are just going to fall short every single time because fans of the original are everywhere. It's just going to fall short, especially in today's standards of how they just take pretty much anything, make it an influencer, and then it's like, here you go. And we're going to use like modern day slang terms. Like, no, like that's not making this worthy television at all. And I talked about this on my Kissing Booth episode. Um, 
that a major issue with these films was just that. Like, I literally already touched on this two weeks ago. But it just, it never ends. It's a continuous, continuous cycle. And I've mentioned, and I also mentioned this bit in the Kissing Booth episode too, but this genre, no matter how trashy, is something that I eat up every single time because it's my thing. It's my genre. But I could not get behind this movie in any aspect, even though I tried to at least enjoy it. Like, the first Kissing Booth was so shitty, but... When I first watched that, I had a ball. Like, I had so much fun. And I did not even feel that way watching this. It felt like most of the time I was thinking about when it was going to be over because I was cringing so hard at every other moment. So this movie, He's All That, will be joining the list of failed and forgettable reboots right there with Mean Girls 2, which still remains the worst one of the two. So, hey, at least there's that. Mean Girls 2 is worse, in my opinion, than He's All That. So I guess that's a good thing. But I spent a lot of time kind of trashing this movie. Um, but I guess it kind of gave me something to do the day it came out. Um, I hope they don't decide to make more of these. But you never know with Netflix. I mean, they love dragging these things, these movie series on as long as they can. Even though in most cases one movie was good enough. They love to drag it on. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were more. Um, but that being said, I have nothing to do, so I will probably still watch it if there was more, because I still want to analyze it and be part of the discussion, but fingers crossed I don't have to go through that, because I really don't want to watch it. Like, I genuinely wonder if Netflix just made this movie knowing that its views were going to come strictly from the hate-watching train. Maybe they did. Maybe that's how they knew they were going to get views. Maybe Netflix is smarter than what I keep giving them credit for. Who knows? I have no idea how they work. Maybe if I work for Netflix one day, I'll know those details. But, um, kind of wrapping this up and bringing it full circle again to kind of how I was talking about TikTokers at the beginning, I think with these TikTokers and influencers. If they want to branch out, good for them. They're taking advantage of an opportunity that a lot of us do not have. Like, that's cool. You get the spotlight, you have the followers, you have the media attention. Try to do something with yourself. Like, that's really cool. Like, who is gonna just go there and then decide, like, mm, I'm, no, I actually want to go, like, do this and say, no, like, you're in the spotlight. That That's the dream. So, you want to take advantage of it. That's cool. That's dope. Like, I totally understand, but I think that, number one, like I said, these people need to find something that they're actually good at. And number two, they can just dip their toes in it. Like, we did not need to see Addison Rae starring in this movie. Maybe she could have played a minor role. Like, I mean, we all know she still would have gotten paid well for being in the movie. Like, they obviously wanted her there in the first place. But let's not throw them in main roles where they clearly can't handle it because this is not, I haven't even seen one positive review for this movie and I'm a review person. I love just like reading reviews, like articles and stuff. Um, I had a great time for like two hours on Letterboxd after I finished reading what people were saying. Not a single positive thing. So that's something we need to work with. So I think that they should all focus on smaller things like Maybe they should just take baby steps. If they become great, good for them. But is Addison Rae going to become the next Natalie Portman, like she said she wanted to become? Definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. 
Okay, so that kind of uh, brings us full circle. I think this is around the same time as my kissing booth episode was, which is typical. I was kind of expecting that. Kind of had similar amount of things to say about both. Very similar complaints about both, but also a little bit different because I was focusing on something else in this one a bit. But uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed me trashing this movie. I feel like most of you agree with the things I said because I don't think that this was very well received in general. Um, But if you did like this movie, then, I mean, that's cool too. Like, I know that um, two of my mutuals actually did enjoy this movie. But I hope that you could kind of agree on some of these points, some of these smaller details. But I kind of guess that wraps us up. So hit the follow button, hit the notification bell. That would be super awesome. And until next time, bye! Mm